we've been talking about it for the last, I don't know, over a month now. It still is amazing. So one more time we are going to hear about the, the story. Uh, we're going to go to Luke chapter 2, verses 3 to 7. been in Luke chapter 2 for a while, it seems, back and forth between here and Matthew. Um, I know we're all familiar with um, this story. It's so good to focus on it, remember. Anyway, so Luke chapter 2, verse 3 to 7, it says, and all went to be taxed, every one to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth unto Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, and to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. She brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Uh, let's just pray one more time tonight. Jesus, every time I think about how you came, God, it's, it's amazing. God, I thank you that you did, Jesus. God, I pray that you would speak to us one more time through your word. God, I pray that your will be done tonight. In Jesus' name, God, you are so great. There is nobody like you, Jesus. I thank you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, remain seated, I suppose. Uh, this is another one of those hidden stories in your Bible that most people haven't heard before. That was sarcastic. In those days, we talked about this last week and a little bit, but in those days there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that everyone should be taxed. Um, tax season, the best season. Am I right? <laughs> they had to go register for their taxes is what that means. And they all went to be taxed, everyone to his own city, which would be um, super annoying if you lived somewhere else. Uh, you can just hop in the old dodge and go. You know, you'd have to walk for a while, depending on how far away you'd moved. Uh, you know, it'd be like us having to go back to St. John or Halifax or different places. Actually, I was born in Cornwall, Ontario, uh, so that's a long walk. It would take, I mean, Canada's obviously bigger than Israel was and is, but I mean, that would have, you get the idea. It's a huge inconvenience. It, it was a super... Super annoying, and this wasn't, this wasn't everyone that had to do this. I know when we read the story, we focus on Joseph uh, and Mary, but this affected all of the population. Everyone would be taxed, it said. So you've got people going everywhere, every which way up, you know, coming towards you. You know, some are going to Bethlehem, some are going to Nazareth, you know, they're, they're going everywhere, and, and, um, this, uh, just this mass movement of people, just, if you could picture it, it'd just be a, 
bunch of chaos, a mess. Um, to the untrained eye, it would look like, what is going on? If you just were dropped in the area at that time, you would have no idea what's going on. Why is everyone going somewhere? And it's just, you know, we've been limiting our travel for a while, so maybe that sounds nice to you. <laughs> just go somewhere. I just want to go. But it was a big inconvenience to everyone, a hassle. There's traffic jams galore, I imagine. I've been to a couple of other places, countries not like ours. You know, we call it a traffic jam, and it's one line, right? And we just sit there patiently, and we just wait our turn, because we're Canadians. We're polite. We're supposed to be. But it's not that way in other areas. I mean, we were in, I've been in, okay? I haven't said anything about been in a while. It's been a few weeks. But you know how you have a divided highway, and you, you know, you got the, the median in the middle? So one side goes one way, one side goes the other. So other, this highway that we go on quite regularly, one, um, when they were building it, they only had one side open, obviously, and they had it split. So when they opened the other side, some people were just like, you know what, I'm used to this side now. And we'd be driving on the right side, and a transport truck would come towards us in the passing lane. And that's just how it is. It was chaos, the traffic jams would be crazy. They, don't, they didn't have laws of the, the road back then. It would just be wild. You could just imagine all these people just everywhere, just going wherever they want. Were you still just nice and tidy? This would, would have just been a mess. People just going wherever, because, oh, there's an opening, I'm going to go. And it's just women, people everywhere, and just chaos. But in the middle of all this chaos, in the middle of all this traffic and people going and coming and all this stuff, God was working and something miraculous was going to happen, which seems to be the way that God works sometimes. For the first time in the Bible we see God working, it's in chaos. In Genesis 1 and 2 it says, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of the Lord moved upon the face of the waters. It was just chaos, if you will. There wasn't a shape, there wasn't a form, it was just whatever. Moving in the chaos with a former void. And again, in the middle of this mess that Joseph and Mary are no doubt a little frustrated with, and, um, you know, Matthew and Malachi, and I can't think of any other good names right now. All, those, all these people, they just would have been frustrated with all of this stuff. In the middle of that confusion, God is at work just like he's at work now. And it's all, it was all part of God's plan. And just because there, there's chaos going, around, going on around you doesn't mean that you're not in the will of God. It's because there's things happening around you that um, maybe you wouldn't have planned. Maybe your plans aren't going the way you think they should. It doesn't mean that you're not in the will of God. He moves in the silence, yes, but he also moves in the chaos. God is always working. And this whole thing... Uh, that Joseph and Mary were experiencing was all part of his plan. In Micah 5 and 2, it says, But thou, Bethlehem, um, Ephratah, though thou be little among thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall come forth unto me that is a ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from old, from everlasting. So there's a, a prophecy that this Messiah, this person that's going to be born, is going to be born in Bethlehem. So God has orchestrated this whole thing. 
for years. And he's working through Caesar Augustus. He uses him. And at that moment, Joseph and Mary were no doubt a little bit frustrated. You know, we say, oh, it's this far for them to walk. But there would have been people slowing them down. And it probably took longer than what we think. Mary was um, great with child, the Bible says. She was getting ready for a baby to be born. It was inconvenient. It was probably a little bit annoying, but it was the will of God. Sometimes God uses annoying, inconvenient, and frustrating things and situations to accomplish his will. Right? Even pandemics. It may be that he is working. And we can look at frustrate or situations so we can get mad and frustrated or we can look at it and ask what is God trying to teach me here what is God trying to do here because it's not always going to be smooth um, sailing in good times there's going to be frustrations there's going to be those annoying um, times those times of inconvenience there's going to be maybe doubts some questions that we have is this even what we're supposed to be doing but through it all, we need to keep trusting and keep following and keep believing that he's going to accomplish his will in your life. Don't throw in the towel. Don't quit. Don't walk away because right now in the chaos, in the frustrating times, he is working. He is still leading. He is still using you. He's still His will is still going to take place. So trust him. And Luke 1, the angel Gabriel showed up to Mary and she told him, or he told her, that she was going to have a son named Jesus who would be the Savior of the Messiah. You know the whole story. Um, verse 38, it says, And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Mary said to Gabriel, and he said all these things were going to happen. She said, what, whatever, whatever you want, be it unto me according to thy word. Whatever you say, let it happen in my life. And she submitted completely to the will of God. She made room for the will of God in her life. She made room for Jesus, spiritually and literally. They'd been given a word from God, from the angel Gabriel, and they were holding on to that, Joseph and Mary. They were holding on to it, and through the travels along the bumpy road to Bethlehem, through the labor, through the, the looks of judgment they got from um, the people in town, the women at the well, gossiping, because that's where they would go to, to talk. Mary said, whatever you want to do in me, do it. I'm willing to put my reputation on the line. I'm willing to have people question my sanity. I'm willing to go through with this. I'm willing to travel while I'm great with child. Both Joseph and Mary had received a word from God, and they both held on to that and in the chaos and in the annoying times and the frustrating times we need to hold on to the word of God and hold on to the promises of God hold on to his will and keep walking with him and keep trusting him and make room for him to work in our lives like Mary whatever you want to do in me let it happen behold the handmaiden of the Lord she said I'm your servant whatever you want to do and do it. Whatever you say, I'll do. Wherever you want me to go, I'll go. Make room for Jesus. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, under the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was the house and lineage of David. And since there was this prophecy in Micah that we read, um, they had to go to Bethlehem. And so they went. There's no... Um, 
record of them fighting or arguing about it, saying, this is ridiculous. Going to Bethlehem to register to pay taxes. Why do we even have to pay taxes anyway? There's no record of that. There's no record of them complaining. And if you read through the Bible, the Bible does, doesn't hold back when people complain. There's all kinds of times where you can find people murmuring and complaining, it says, quite often. So the fact that it's not mentioned here shows us that it probably didn't happen. They guess it took them between four and seven days of walking. Now, you know, there's highways and stuff, and it's probably easier to walk. I told you one of the other times that it takes about 33 hours nonstop walking, according to Google. It was a big ordeal, 157 kilometers. It's the same distance um, from here to Halifax. And that doesn't seem too bad because we can do it in an hour and a half, but walking is a whole different story. And Mary did this trip being great with child. If we could be honest, women here, would you walk to Halifax while you're pregnant so your husband can pay taxes and write his name on a list? I think most of you would say no. And fellas, would you ask her <laughs> to do that? No. Hard no. That's a no for me. But they did it. Why? Because it was the will of God. Because Mary had said, whatever you want to do, be it unto me. Whatever you say, be it unto me. Because they surrendered their lives completely to him. They made room for Jesus. They made room for the will and the purpose of God. They weren't just going to pay taxes or register for taxes or whatever. They were going to fulfill prophecy. They weren't just going to be counted. They were obeying the word of God. They, weren't, they were bringing Jesus into the world. They were literally changing the world by doing this. And sometimes we look at things the wrong way and we can see the annoyance in the everyday and the work, you know, people get on your nerves. Why am I even here? Have you ever said that? There's frustrations in daily life and living. And we can look at it the wrong way. We can say, this is just driving me nuts. Or we could um, look at it a different way and say, maybe God is trying to accomplish something in my life, in the lives of people around me. Maybe he's trying to accomplish his will through this situation. Maybe, maybe I'm to bring Jesus into the life or of someone else or into the world of someone else that's around me. Why am I going through this chaos? Because he's working behind the scenes to accomplish his will to do something incredible. It's not up to us to ask why and to see the problems and chaos and frustrations and focus on that. But it's our job to follow him. It's our job to make room for him in our lives, to let him work and let him lead. And say like Mary, be it unto me according to thy word. Whatever you want to do in my life, do it. Wherever you want to lead me, lead me. Wherever you, whatever you want from me, take it. There's a lot of annoyances in life. And Joseph and Mary had every right to be annoyed. They, I mean, they probably knew the prophecy. They could have just went, I guess, any other time. But it happened to be this time when everyone else was going. And that would have got on my nerves. Anybody get road rage? 
so many annoyances in life, and it seems the more, uh, the older older I get, the more the more there are. <laughs> There's a lot of frustrations, and we can get so fed up and distracted by all of that stuff, we miss out on what God's trying to do in the middle of the chaos. So we need to make room for Him every day. It says, and so. It was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. While they were there, right where they needed to be. Right where God wanted them to be. Mary was pregnant with a promise. She'd been carrying it for a while. She'd probably been ridiculed and mocked and questioned and doubted and talked about. The time had come when this promise would come to pass. This promise would be born. This promise would change the world. It wasn't long Um, after they arrived in Bethlehem that she gave birth. It doesn't take long, or didn't take long once she was where God wanted her to be. There's some of us, and maybe even the church as a whole, we have promises from God that we've been given, been holding on to, we've been carrying around for a while, prophecies have gone forward, words have been claimed, and all these things, things that God's put inside of you, and He wants to accomplish in your life, your family, your world. And, um, We've been going through some things, some chaos, some frustrations, maybe annoying times, maybe inconvenient times, wondering why, what's happening, what's going on, where's God in this mess, what's the big idea, is the promise ever going to come to pass, is the word ever going to happen, and I want you to know that through all of this stuff, all the chaos, all the frustrations, he's been leading us and leading you right to where you need to be, where you need to be for the promise to be fulfilled. Mary couldn't give birth in Nazareth because that wasn't the will of God. Micah 5 and 2 said otherwise. So God used all this chaos, all this turmoil, all this frustration to lead her right where she needed to be. Why? Because Mary had submitted herself to his word. Be it unto me according to thy word. Whatever you want. She made room for God. And if we continue to submit to his word, to his will, he will lead us through the frustrations. He will lead us through the chaos. He will lead us through the annoying times to where we need to be in order for the promise to be fulfilled. Mary could have said, you know, be it unto me according to the word and then fought Joseph and all went and wanted to go to Bethlehem. I ain't going. Look at me. I can hardly stand. I'm tired. I'm staying here. I ain't going anywhere. But she lived her life submitted to the word of God, and she made room for him. And she went. He leads us through the trying times. He leads us through chaos to where we need to be. You think of the story of Joseph in Egypt. The other Joseph, and the other, not the other Egypt, but the same Egypt before. Joseph had a dream. He went through a lot of stuff to get to where he needed to be. David was anointed to be king as a child. He had to endure Saul throwing spears at his head, living in caves, before he got to be that king. And Jonah and the storm, whale, revival, all that. Paul, um, blinded by a light, got saved, beaten, thrown in jail, uh, went through some storms. 2 Corinthians 11, 24, 27, he said, Of the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes, save one. Thrice I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned, thrice I was shipwrecked. A day and a night I have been in the deep, 
And journeyings often in perils of water, and perils of robbers, and perils of my own countrymen, and perils by the heathen, and perils in the city, and perils in the wilderness, and perils in the sea, and perils among false brethren, and weariness and painfulness, and watchings often, and hunger and thirst, and fastings often, and cold and nakedness. Paul said, I've gone through all of these things. But he was still in the will of God, where God wanted him to be. And God led him through all those things to accomplish his will. And Paul lived his life, submitted to the will of God, and did incredible things through him. It says, And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And after all that Joseph and Mary went through, the baby Jesus was born. Got a little picture back there. On Sunday we talked about the shepherds and the priests and the shepherds left their flocks and went to see Jesus. And they made room in their schedule. They dropped everything to go see Jesus. And their, their lives were changed. And they told everyone else about him. They made it known abroad, the Bible says. But the priests and the scribes, they stayed in Jerusalem. They knew that he was born. They pointed some guys in the right direction, but that was it. They were too busy. They didn't want to stop what they were doing. They wouldn't make time or room for Jesus in their lives. They missed out on the biggest miracle of all time, God himself becoming man. They missed out on the birth of their Savior, the man who would go to a cross for their sins, who could heal their diseases and bind their broken heart. They missed out on being a part of the greatest story ever told because they did not make room for him. They missed out on everything. They missed it their whole lives and they ended up condemning him to a cross, which was part of the plan, mind you. But they missed who Jesus was because they refused to make room for him in their lives. And Jesus became a big inconvenience for them, so much so that they plotted against him. I don't want to be like that. I don't want Jesus to be an inconvenience in my life, in my home, in my family. I want to be like Mary and Joseph and make room for him. I want to be able to drop everything and go where he calls like Mary and Joseph did or, or do what he says like his disciples did or come and worship him at a moment's notice like the shepherds did. I don't want to miss out on the will of God or the miracle because I didn't make room for him in my life. I want to be like Joseph and Mary. Even if it's frustrating. Even if there's some annoying things happening. Even if it's inconvenient, I will make room for Jesus in my life. This is a little bit of a different twist or take. Christmas is busy. December is generally one of the most chaotic months that we have. It's great when your birthday is in it. You always get forgotten. <laughs> it's a hectic time generally. It can be annoying sometimes. Kids are on edge. We need to make room for Jesus still. 
So tonight, before we go home, before we start all our festivities that we're going to do, before we have everyone over to our house in groups of 10 or less, we had to make a schedule. It's like a revolving door for the rest of the week. Starting tomorrow morning. I'm so excited. Before all that stuff starts to happen, before we start cooking turkeys and hams and all those things that we're going to do, let's take some time tonight as we sing one more song. Let's take some time and make room for Jesus. This is what this is all about. I know we're going to be busy the next few days and I hope we don't forget why we're busy. Let's stand. We're going to sing one more song. I hope. Let's just take some time and and, um, make room for him in our lives tonight.